Hello, and welcome to the Bliss Smith Podcast. My name is Katie Smith, and here you will learn ways to find, forge, and follow your bliss by hearing stories from people like you on overcoming obstacles, diving deeply into passion, investing in yourselves and others, and uniting in gratitude to celebrate every last joy. I can't wait for you to listen. Okay. Oh, we're recording. Hi. Hi, Agenda. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for coming today. Um, I'm so honored to be here today. I've been a long time listener. So the oh. fact that I get to be on this, like, I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you. We were just talking before this. And I think that my energy level just shot up like 20 million percent. Cause I was just like, <laughs> And we're rolling, um, and scene <laughs> and beginning of scene that doesn't include me <laughs> napping, which is what I was doing before this. And so was I. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I was taking a rainy Seattle nap and you were taking a foggy San Francisco nap. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, naps, shout out to naps. Like, Honestly, naps were the best. Like Spain's <laughs> got it down. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my God. I mean, you have a cat. He probably naps a ton. He's actually sitting right next to me napping. Right napping. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And what's his name? I know his name, but like, I'd like everyone to know it. Freddie Perkery. Freddie Perkery. And it was great. Cause like the day that I adopted him, it was like close to Christmas. And, like I was in an Uber ride home with him. And like, they give you like a box from the SBCA and like your little kittens like sitting in your box mm-hmm. and queen started playing on the radio and I was like this is too perfect like this, this has to be the day <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing it's one of the most perfect animal names of all time you really did well I feel like it fits his personality really well really yeah, yeah. he's kind of a like lead singer like steals the show kind of guy likes to be center of the tantra and mm-hmm. like when queen comes on he's like jumping around wakes mm-hmm. up from snaps <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um yeah that's yep best cat name and he's a pretty cool dude he is a little furball cool. <laughs> so okay so now we know about your cat would love to know a little bit more about you if you could just kick us off yeah, of course. Um, I feel like Freddie's such a big part of my life too. So I'm glad we got that out of the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'm born and raised in the Bay Area. Um, my parents immigrated from India. Uh, my mom actually immigrated here like in the 70s. And my dad moved here when my mom and him got married. Um, so he was wow. 21. And um, they immigrated over to Oakland. So that's where I was born and raised, Alta Bates Hospital. And, um, yeah, I've like pretty much been around the Bay area most of my life. I went to college at UC Santa Cruz. I lived in New York for about five years and then I moved back from New York, um, about six years ago and work at compass with you. That's how we know each other. And, you know, when I'm not working at compass, I spend a lot of my time cooking. I went to culinary school here in San Francisco and, um, really loved working, um, in the culinary space. I worked at a Mitchell and star restaurant for a little bit. And then most recently, and we were talking a little about this, I went to health coaching school and, um, have really started to learn about 
health and wellness in general, and then also um, really figuring out how I can apply that with like coaching. So it's a little, a little bit about me. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I just had flashbacks of meeting you, um, which was about, well, four years ago, because we were just talking about my four-year anniversary at work coming up. And it was funny because like, we're, we're so busy and like still are, but we are so busy. It's like, okay, like get through the day. And then you're like, all right, I got through the day and now I'm going to go off to school and then I'm going to go off to the job and do the, you know, work in the kitchen. And I'm like, excuse me. Like I'm going to go pass out on my couch. So you're just double duty in it hard. That was a crazy point of my life. Like I, didn't really know what I was getting into with compass. And, um, when I first started there, like Albert actually onboarded me, you both know. And, um, we were in a tiny little, we work space and I was like, Oh, I can, I can totally do this job. And I'd already applied to culinary school. So I knew I was going to start soon. Yeah. I just didn't realize like how hectic my life was going to be. Cause it was yeah. like compass, like crazy busy all the time. And that's, we were in like really like active growth stage and like moving into new offices. And then I was like, all right, like done with my day job. Now I'm off to culinary school for a couple of hours and the restaurant on the weekend. So I was pretty much a zombie for about a year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You, you pulled it off. Well, you didn't feel like a zombie to me. I knew that you were a mega busy woman, but I was just like, dang, I could barely do one thing. And you were doing about 12 Okay, you um, do a lot of things. <laughs> well, now I do like, but you know, may, maybe it was your inspo. I was like, all right, she can do a culinary school. I could like throw a podcast together. Like, let's, let's do this. Um, <laughs> and what made you want to go to culinary school? I wanted to like pretty much my entire life. And growing up, I was always the kid that was like, can we play restaurant, restaurant? My parents were like, sure. Like our, our daughter wants to cook us food. Like, awesome. Yeah. And I was like, the eight-year-old that was like flipping through recipe books. And I was like, I'm going to make shrimp scampi. My parents like, our eight-year-old daughter knows what shrimp scampi <laughs> is. Like, weird, but we'll go with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just, I, I think like being able to explore New York and explore like other countries and like their the food scene. I was just really, I just really love like how connected it is to people and like it brings people together. And so food has always been a big part of my life. Um, and I think also growing up in like an Indian culture, like food is a big part of your life too. Um, and there's so many like unique ingredients that I loved learning about. And so I told myself, like, I felt like I was at a point where if I don't do it now, like, I don't know if I would ever do it. And so, um, I applied for a part-time program and it was really cool. Cause like a lot of the people that were in the program with me were also working full-time and like, we just created this like really amazing bond over something we're all very passionate about, but also just like an insane point of our life too. Yeah. Um, But it was an an awesome experience. And this obviously has changed since we first talked about it like four years ago, because you're in health coaching school, which we'll talk about. But at the time, you know, your goal, your end game wasn't like, I want to be a chef somewhere. It was more like to educate yourself on food Um, yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about that because like, you know, it's like usually very linear. Like I go to culinary Mm -hmm. school to be a chef and in your Mm -hmm. case, it was not that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's what I had thought too, where I was like, okay, I guess every person's end goal after culinary school is 
to work in a restaurant. And then I met um, Jody, who actually runs and opened up SF Culinary, um, SF Cooking School here in the city. And she's amazing. And she was like, you know, there's so many different career paths for people that want to explore food. It doesn't have to just be in the restaurant world because let's be honest, the restaurant world's crazy. And like, mm. don't get me wrong, I loved it. And I, I, I think it's so fun. And there's just amazing people that work in the industry. It's just, it's also very like exhausting mentally and like on your body. And um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of things we need to do to fix the pay structure within the industry as well. But what I loved about Jody was like, you know, you don't have to just be a chef. You don't have to just work in the restaurant, but like there's so many other things that you can do with food. And so for me, I did work in a restaurant for a little bit, but I really utilized my culinary skills to do pop-up events. And I did a lot for like charity events that uh, were really fun. And um, that's something like I'm really passionate about too. So I think there's like a lot of different avenues and a lot of it was around food education, but you know, kind of just leads you down like all these crazy paths. Mm-hmm. And builds like other communities, like you said, and mm-hmm. you know, all these different people who think differently and have different mm-hmm. passions. That's gotta be so cool to open up that door. Yeah, definitely. And you learn a lot about like what other people's passions are. Like I had, um, a girlfriend from culinary school who really wanted to go into like food writing and, um, you know, another person who was really interested in, um, Korean cooking because she had a Korean background. So you, I got to learn a lot about different types of Korean food. I just, I had not known or been able to explore that part before. So it definitely opens Mm -hmm. up really amazing doors. That's so neat. And then, um, what was the like trend? So you graduated cooking school and the culinary school, and then, um, you know, and fast forward to now you got your, you went to health coaching school. So was there a connection there or am I, was there like a light connection or how does, how did that go? Yeah, I, um, it's funny. I was trying to think about that a little while ago and I think there was like a couple of things that really triggered it. So uh, cooking school was like something I was always very passionate about. And then after school was done, um, and I, I think I'm also just very passionate about learning in general. Um, I feel like we talked about this before too. And, um, I was really trying to figure out like, well, what do I want to like invest in next? Like, what do I want to be able to invest in myself with next? And mm-hmm. I think you know, there's different things that can fulfill a person. Um, and one of the things that fulfill me is being able to like constantly challenge my mind, constantly learn. And mm-hmm. I, I like being in school. And um, I had come across this program actually through a friend that I knew her and her husband now live in Chile. And she um, went through the program and it, it's an awesome program. And she's like, I learned a lot about myself. And she's like, I don't practice as a health coach, but it really opened the door um, with you know how my relationship with food is, how my relationship with mindfulness is and how, you know, I really just think about wellness in general. And I think a lot of what media and what we hear from just the world about wellness is kind of skewed. And so I wanted to learn a little bit more about it. And this course just seemed perfect. And along the way, like I was really able to figure out like my own health issues and journeys and like my path to wellness. And it's, I mean, it's been such 
amazing experience and I do want to be able to do something with it. And I think it's also an industry where you can make an impact on someone else's life. And that's something Mm -hmm. that's very important to me. Yeah. What's one of the things that you learned that you find yourself at like every dinner party? Well, COVID has been weird, but like every, (laughs) you know, dinner party in theory, like, did you know this about your body? Like what's one of those? (laughs) (laughs) Man, I don't know if I have one of those. Like, I, I think like, I kind of get into like conversations with people about it when I, when I tell them like, oh yeah, like I graduated from health coaching school and they're just like, okay, well, how do I be healthier? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, healthy, healthy really is like, you know, how you define it. And like, yes, of course there's like the American standard of like what health is, but it's so much more complex than that. And every person's mind and body work differently. And so part of like a health coach's job is to really understand who their client is and meet them where they are and guide them and coach them to making better decisions that are hopefully going to prolong their life or prevent diseases from happening. And I think, I guess going back to that, maybe the one thing I do talk about every single time is um, inflammation. Like inflammation Mm. is the root of all diseases. And so if there's anything that we can do towards being healthier is really focusing on how to limit the inflammation in our bodies. And I guess that's like one fun fact. (laughs) Yeah. Knew it. I knew there's one and you're like, Hey, so you're probably pretty inflamed. Here's how you- <laughs> we all are. <laughs> totally. I know like the amount of like weird teas I drink and stuff to like, you know, stop the inflammation, but like, Lord, do not tell me to stop eating gluten. Don't do oh, it. I know. Don't it's do a it. Hard one. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I mean, I limit it now, but I definitely yeah. don't give it up. Yeah. Like, big pasta fan. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, especially like that's gotta be a bit of torture coming from like a culinary background where you're like, I want to use every ingredient, try every ingredient. Oh wait, these make you, you know, really inflamed for example. So it's yes. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's actually changed my cooking over the years. Like I used to cook with tons of like, like pretty much everything, like a lot of me, um, fats, like dairy, everything. And through health coaching school and just like more research, I realized like you can cook amazing meals and you can make them very like nutrient dense. And Mm -hmm. it's fun to be able to explore that because that wasn't how I originally cooked. Right. Um, But I've seen that shift happen now where now I really focus on like, well, how can I get the most amount of nutrients from like the food that I'm eating uh, for majority of my meals, obviously not every single meal, but incorporating that more into like how I decide to cook for me or like for others. Yeah. And I, I bet it like makes one be more creative, you know, it's like, Oh, challenge accepted. I can't use butter in everything. You yeah. know? <laughs> my, totally. one of my very best friends, um, drew nuts. What up drew nuts? Um, <laughs> she went to culinary school and, um, in the middle of culinary school, if I'm getting the story right, found out she has celiacs. And so, you know, and she kind of leaned on baking. And so here she is like throwing flour around, making all the cakes and stuff. And then it was like, oh, I'm actually like severely allergic to gluten. And, you know, but then it, it turned her focus into finding Mm -hmm. really incredible ways to make desserts 
that were gluten-free and like now she like is the macaroon queen um you know so like so it's cool like to watch her journey I'm like wow at first that must have been really hard to change your focus and and see things differently but then it made her Mm -hmm. more creative um Mm -hmm. but yeah so so interesting how those limits actually could turn on Mm -hmm. something really really cool yeah no I I love that And and like for her it wasn't like oh I'm going to give up baking Mm -hmm. this is something I'm passionate about but she's like you know what now I can actually focus and do something that's like going to be good for me and and like other students like there's so many people that have celiac so she's she's doing a great job like being able to like make desserts that are going to like allow other people to eat them they can't eat gluten yeah yeah and I guess and I love the nutrient dense thing. Cause like when I think about not being able to eat butter all the time, it does sound like a limitation, <laughs> but it's not a limitation. It's actually making choices to fuel your body. So for the listeners, it's okay to make your stuff healthier <laughs> with a little bit of butter <laughs> with just like a scotch of butter, just a scotch. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. And so like, what's a fun tip on reducing inflammation, knowing that it's different in everyone's body. Yeah. I mean, de- gluten is definitely God one damn of it. them. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's like, it, and everyone's body reacts differently yep. to gluten too. And like, there's other things um, that also cause inflammation. So sometimes dairy can cause inflammation for, for clients. And so eliminating that. And then also like sometimes meat can cause inflammation because there's so many hormones mm-hmm. in, in that meat. And so it's, it's really important to know where your meat is coming from. If you choose to eat meat, um, you know, go to your butcher and ask them what farm it's coming from, because that does affect your body. And like, you may not immediately feel the effects, but inflammation starts to create and grow over time. And so there's always these little things that we can do to help reduce that inflammation. And you know, going on, um, you know, an elimination diet for a little bit and just really figuring out and like starting to like add things back into your diet and see how it affects your body and like really listening to your body. Like I didn't really know what that meant before health coaching school, but like really being able to like tune in and be like, okay, did this meal after make me feel good or do I feel lethargic like Mm -hmm. okay maybe it was the food that I ate that's making me feel like this and next time maybe instead of eating a big bowl of cereal like I'm gonna have you know still called oats for breakfast instead and that's probably gonna feel me and energize me a little bit more than the cereal did which is like heavily because I'm like sugar and like carbs things like that yeah that's a good one yeah and I love, cause you said earlier about, um, uh, mindfulness, you know, so much mm-hmm. of it's like psychology as well. Like, how does this make mm-hmm. me feel, um, in my body and in my mind? And I, it's mm-hmm. such an interesting connection. Cause like when you're, when you're younger and you're just like throwing food in your face, you're like, I don't know, mm-hmm. it's just good. Um, totally. I think about the days, like college days. And I was like, man, like, I just needed to like grab something like quick and easy, like run to class. And then sometimes like not even know like the ingredients that were in it. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. (laughs) Um, all right. Well, let's, okay. So we could talk about this all day, but we'll keep it at, you know, watch your, watch your inflammation girl. Um, is can be our, 
our recommendation to the group. Watch show information. Well, maybe there's a better tagline. We'll get there. We'll get um, there. <laughs> and so, okay, let's switch gears a little bit. So we've had a few conversations about um, advocating for yourself. And I think that when I, when, when someone's like, what do you really love talking about to me? I love talking about advocating for yourself because I think generally speaking, everyone's pretty bad at it. And then women are really not great at it. And we can, we'll talk about it. It's not, it's not necessarily women's fault. It's like years and years of this system, like set up Mm -hmm. to, you know, block and make feel women not feel like they can advocate for themselves. Um, and so I, I just find it, I I want so much for anybody listening, you know, who identifies in any, with any gender is, um, how do you advocate for yourself? So I want to start with talking about at work. Um, Mm -hmm. you're a total boss lady in sales. (laughs) Um, you know, I've had the pleasure of seeing you work and just kick some serious butt for many years. And then I'd like to talk about just outside of work. Cause it's not just about work, you know, mm-hmm. but the work stuff gets really tricky. Those are the ones where it's like, you get a little, your palms get sweaty when you advocate yeah. for yourself. Yeah. So, so <laughs> tell me about like your journey with this and like learning how to advocate for yourself. And I'm kind of not defining that on purpose. Cause I think it just comes out in different ways. Yeah. And I will say like, I miss being at the office with you because I've had so many good conversations with you, whether it's just like in the kitchen or like a happy hour. And we've talked about topics like this and mm-hmm. I've, I've definitely like come to you for advice before. And so it's, it's fun to be able to talk to you about this today. here. On your podcast. Um, and I think like self-advocacy, you're right. Like it is a hard topic to talk about. Um, it, it's sometimes a scary topic to talk about because you want to self-advocate for yourself, but you also want to make sure like you're, you're doing it in a way that like, isn't necessarily like about your ego, but like you're doing it for mm-hmm. the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think as a woman, you're right. Like it is naturally harder to advocate for yourself. And it's because there are things in our system that have held women back for such a long time. And so I think, you know, we're really lucky, like our generation is really starting to like push the boundaries and it will continue to do that. We need to, and like, we need to make it normal for women to advocate for themselves. Like everyone should be. Um, and it starts with us, right? Like, you know, there's a generation younger than us and like, we need to be like, you can do this and like, you can advocate for yourself because you should be able to get to the next step, right? You should be able to get what you want out of your career, out of your life. And that starts with self-advocacy and that starts with also being self-aware and knowing what you want which is something that I really think about when I think about self-advocacy it's like how do I know what I need to ask for I need to sit down with myself and really Mm -hmm. figure out like what are my values like what do I define as success and like how do I create a path to get there and then how do I ask the right people to actually help me along that path yeah I love how you said you have to know what you want first. Cause that's one of the first landmines. I think that people get in, you know, get into is, 
um, I know I deserve something, but I don't know how to ask for it. And it's because I don't exactly know what I deserve. And, you know, you're probably right. You probably deserve something, but it's narrowing down and getting really comfortable with like what you're trying to achieve, um, Mm -hmm. which I think in my experience makes it that much more clearer to the listener, what you're trying Mm -hmm. to get out of it. Um, and like you said, it's that balance of, um, you know, asking for something, but not having Mm -hmm. an ego about it, because as we all know, like, and maybe this is like a fear we all have, like when you ask for something, it sounds like you're being entitled and Mm -hmm. like, sometimes you might be, but you isn't Mm -hmm. anybody. Right. But, um, but I think going through the exercise of what do I want and why do I want it is going to make your, like your case and your mission that much more clear versus, you know, I want a million dollars, you know? Um, (laughs) But I think even in like this dialogue right now, like we're bringing up some of the things that probably women think about most. And we like mm-hmm. create these barriers. Like I'm going to sound like I'm entitled. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't think, I don't think dudes are thinking about that at the same rate. You I know? don't think so. Maybe not. I don't know. I guess I've never really asked, but yeah. Hey dude, like, you thinking yeah. about it at the same rate? That's <laughs> <laughs> well, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think for women, it's definitely more of a struggle to be able to ask for things. And I, I think also because like, you know, at times like your women are just so natural nurturers and like want to like take care of everybody else and take care of, um, you know, making sure everyone else is comfortable. Sometimes they forget about themselves. And so it may not even be like at the forefront of someone's mind because like it definitely wasn't me wasn't for me for like a long time until I really figured out like, well, what do I want out of my career and how do I continue to push myself? So I'm still learning. I'm still challenging myself. And I've been at Compass now for, I'll be hitting my five years in November. And I think what's been really helpful for me. And I think over the years, I've been able to find mentors and and people that I can go to and um, ask for advice is, you know, how do I continue to challenge myself? So I'm growing in my mm-hmm. career and you know that is definitely not being egotistic or like you know it is really just making sure like you're adding value to your own self and then at the same time you're also adding value to the company that you work at and like you mm-hmm. are making an impact and I, I think if you see it through that lens like you're going to continue to push for yourself and you're going to continue to ask for things that are going to make you better and everyone else around you better Yeah, that's so true. And I think if anybody needs a little extra push, it's like to your, what you're saying, a happy me oftentimes means a happy company, because if I'm Mm -hmm. like firing on all cylinders, I feel like I'm valued. I feel like I'm, um, going towards a mission, my own mission and the company's mission, then the company's Mm going to really feel that and and feel the impacts of it. So it's like, Mm -hmm. if you need something to help you feel like, you know, you should ask for what you need, then, then that, that's a nice one, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) it totally is. Um, and how do you, how do you say, how do you say no without fearing that it's going to look like you, um, don't want something like, I think you and I've talked about like, 
um, the journey of being a people manager, right. And, mm-hmm. um, and you have shared in your career that, you know, like you've done it, it's great. And mm-hmm. like, it may not always be for you or not at this current stage in your mm-hmm. life. And you've had opportunities to do that and it may or may not be the right time. And so how do you think about like, Hey, this isn't for me right now and mm-hmm. feel confident that that's not going to blow up your, your position in someone's eyes, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's such a good question because I think a lot of people think about that. Um, it, that's absolutely something I think about. And I know my personality well enough now where I'm like, I, I like to please. Um, mm. And I sometimes feel like that's almost associated in sales or like when you work with clients is mm-hmm. you're constantly wanting to like, please them. Um, and, and, you know, over the years I've grown, like, you can't do that. Like you have to be able to take care of yourself and say no, because otherwise you're mentally going to be putting yourself, putting yourself in a place where you're not happy. And I have also learned, like, I love and enjoy doing things outside of work. And so if, um, I'm not in a good place at work, it makes it hard for me to do those hobbies. And so Mm -hmm. I really try to push myself where I am, you know, staying true to like my values and knowing that because I like to cook and because I like to work with clients with health coaching, like that is a big part of my life. Like if I'm not, if I'm saying yes to everything at work and I'm drowning myself in work, then I'm not staying true to who I am because I'm not able to actually fulfill those other things that I really enjoy. And so I now can take a step back and be like, you know, this isn't the right role for me, or this isn't the right position for me, or no, I can't continue to take on that much because I'm not going to be able to do those other things. Um, and just kind of standing up for yourself. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really a lot of what self-advocacy is to you. It's really like being able to like stand up and push back for yourself so that you can be in like a mentally good headspace. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You're right. It's all about, it's all about the boundaries and, and, you know, what I can and can't and what I will and won't do. And it's always scary to, to set that with anyone also a Mm -hmm. pleaser. You, I think know this about me at this point, I'm like, wear it on my sleeve. And, um, (laughs) but, but yeah, the more you find that, uh, your, the more you find your voice in saying, this is what I will and won't do. You're more fulfilled yourself, which is the whole point. Like we're numero uno here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes we, we forget that. And so it's, it's nice to kind of like, for me, when I really figure that kind of stuff out, it's like, it's through meditation and I'm really just like sitting with myself. I'm quiet and I'm really you're not like, am I in a good mental space right now? And if not, like, what are some of the things that come up while I'm meditating? And those are some of the things that I need to address. Yeah. And you mentioned, um, like mentors and people along the way to, uh, you know, kind of partner with you on this self-advocacy journey. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about that. Like, what does that look like in practice? Yeah, I think it's, I didn't really realize like how important mentors or coaches or just people that you can trust and like you respect their their advice and you know that they have good intentions for you um I feel like that's so important not just in your career but just in life in general and um I feel really lucky like along the ways like I've met really awesome and amazing people who I can call and ask for advice even if it's something 
really little and and maybe it is for some of those like really big things too but just be able to lean on them and know that they have good intentions for me and be able to confide in them and, and trust them and um I think you know as you continue to push yourself like these are going to be people that also challenge you right and they're not going to just say <clears throat> what you need to hear but they're going to or they're going to say what you need to hear but like they're going to say in a way that like pushes you to be better yeah I actually the the saying what you need to hear um Chris last night was asking me about uh, like a friendship and they were like well did did they just tell you what you wanted to hear or did they like challenge you and I was like well I think the root of any like good support system is they at least validate how you're feeling you know because you need to know that you're feeling you need to feel whatever it is, yeah. whether it's rational, yep. irrational, who gives a crap? It's what you're yep. feeling. Yeah. And so then sure. Then it becomes like, how can they give you sound advice to help you maybe unlock things that you didn't even think possible for yourself. But that first piece of like acknowledgement mm-hmm. and, and going, Hey, like you're, you know, you're not crazy or yep. I've been, I've been here before. It's a low point, you know, or whatever it yeah. is, is so nice to have in friends and mentors. That's so true. I like, I, I couldn't agree more. I feel like you're right. Like you can feel however you want to feel. And I think having that validation is so important because then you also build that, that trust for that person. And then from there, they can start to ask you the right questions and really be like, you know, is this something that you want to do? Or like, is there a different path to get there? Like, how do you get there? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, when I think about self-advocacy at work, I'm thinking of things like, I want to do this project or I don't want to do this project, or I want a promotion is a big one, or I want um, a title and responsibility, or I want to be more visibility, you know, things like that, Mm -hmm. where you're trying to get more of something. Mm-hmm. And I've found over time, and this is a bit of my people pleasy, but also just like, so, like disgustingly empathetic where I'm like, well, whatever they want is probably more important than what I want. You know, like, just, so when I think of self-advocating, even today I get uh-huh. sweaty, man. Like I remember, yeah. you know, having a conversation about my career and it was just like my body hurt. Like it physically mm-hmm. hurt my body to oh, say man to say what I needed Mm -hmm. and what I wanted, because I felt, I didn't feel entitled to it. I, I Mm -hmm. felt like, you know, I probably sound like I'm, you know, nuts or that I don't actually like care about everybody else's needs, Mm -hmm. um, which is like all so untrue. Um, but I was amazed at how my body just like reacted. Do you get any of those like physical things or just like, mental games going on yeah and that's all real like that is absolutely real because like your body picks up on what you're feeling and like it Mm -hmm. can hold like blockages in different places and like sometimes it's you know I I don't know if you've ever felt this but like sometimes when I'm not saying exactly what I want to say like my throat will close up and so (laughs) it's like you physically will feel it and like it happens it's crazy Um, but I think, you know, the more you can express what you need and like the better, but I think there's also issues with how our systems operate right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Like 
it's crazy that you, you had to have that one conversation about where you want your career to go. Like we should be talking about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like this is something that um, as managers or people managers, like you should be constantly checking in with the people that you work with. I mean, like, what is it that you want to get out of your time here? Like, what is it that you want out of your career? And it shouldn't just be that like one heavy conversation, but it should be multiple conversations. And I, I think, you know, I feel really lucky in that I've had a really awesome manager at Compass who's constantly brought up those conversations and constantly brought up ideas. I mean, like, I think you'd be really great for this, or what do you think about this? And so for for me, it was never that like one conversation, but I know for so many people it is. And like people managers are gonna listen to this. It's like ask your team, like constantly check in with them and like mm-hmm. ask them what what they want from their career and then help get them there. Yeah. And that's such a good point is I think that self-advocacy, obviously the word is self. So it's our responsibility to say what we need. And it's important that people around us are taking responsibility, me included, Mm -hmm. like all of us for each other are keeping Mm -hmm. our head on a swivel on helping to advocate for one another too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think, you know, you're right. Like self-advocacy is about helping yourself. And I think, I think about it too. And I'm like, and you're a very empathetic person. Like if I see a colleague that I feel like would be really great for something, like I want to tell them and like, I want to help them. And like, I think that's also probably like the coaching side of us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Where like, I, I do my best to like, see the good in people and think like I would want to be able to advocate for others as well, especially women that I work with that are in, in sales. And like, I, I mean, I think I have a long way to go in my career. And I think there's other people that um, have been in the same position that I've been in. And I'd love to like help them get to like the role that they want to be in. And that's actually been like one of the most rewarding things that I've like worked with that compass where I get to actually like mentor other people in sales. Yes. Yeah. And it's been done for you and Mm -hmm. then you're returning the favor. And that's like the coolest, like domino effect ever. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it continues. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it will. I think it, I think it does naturally, especially if like you're taking the time to do it. Mm -hmm. And then how do you think about, um, you know, self-advocating outside of work? You know, I think about, you know, you and I are, currently like we're experiencing like a company corporate structure, but Mm -hmm. this obviously extends into just wanting more in your life, Mm -hmm. you know, and advocating with your partner. Like I deserve Mm -hmm. this in our relationship, or I deserve, Mm -hmm. um, I deserve this in my coaching practice. You know, you Mm -hmm. entitled client who didn't pay me anything this month or whatever it is. Um, (laughs) so how do you think about it extending outside of like the four walls of like a, a day job. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I'm glad we're talking about this. Cause like, I, I don't think I've had conversations like this before. And I think they're really important to have. Um, I think it's, it kind of goes back to like really knowing your values and like, you know, what you want out of this life. And I think, um, you know, a lot of it over the years has changed as well. Like as you, grow up and you become more experienced like you also start to learn like what's most important to you 
Um, and for me, like self-advocacy is really like, how do I continue to grow as a person? Um, and that might change five years from now. That might change 10 years from now, but like, you know, constantly checking in with myself to make sure that I know what's important to me, what my importance, uh, my values are. And like, one of the things that I, that I did um, when it goes back to culinary school, like we got to, <clears throat> we got to play where we wanted to do our externship. And I thought it was really awesome that we could, it's called stodging. So like you go to a restaurant, um, you work there for like the, the shift or you know, the day and you get to experience like what your life would be like if you were to work at these mm-hmm. restaurants. And like every restaurant operates really differently. Like there's no like set structure where it's like, okay, you know, you go in and like, um, this is what your every day is going to be like the chef or the sous chef, like really run their kitchen a specific way. And so I wanted to work in a kitchen where it was innovative and like, you got to contribute to the menu and you, I was constantly going to learn a lot. And so I, I started at like a couple of different places. And like, one of the things that, um, I realized I wanted to do was like work at, uh, Mr. Jews. Uh, which was a Michelin star Chinese restaurant here in the city. And I didn't know if they were taking externs. I didn't know like if they were going to take stodge, but I had asked a chef and I was like, I think this restaurant's really cool. Like the owner is also the chef and like the menu is just always awesome, like consistently. And um, I'd heard that they were potentially going to get their Michelin star soon. And so I decided to like advocate for myself and like reach out to the chef and like, just kind of, like hey can I like go and like stodge there for a day and he was like totally like come in and I ended up falling in love with like the people that work there they were really awesome and like I got to learn a lot but I think if I didn't take that step and would have just been placed um, at some of the restaurants that they were going to send me to and stodge there I don't know if I would have been as happy so I mean one of the things like I constantly do is like if you want something like you got to go for it yourself and like that's really what self-advocacy is Yeah. Yeah. And just like fighting that feeling of like all the reasons why it's a quote, bad idea to say it out loud and just saying it. Um, Mm -hmm. my friend Quentin says, uh, quiet mouths don't get fed. And (laughs) he said it at the right time in my career where I was just like, yeah, if I don't say it, I won't get it. So I gotta at least say it. Totally. Um, yeah. So it's just like, I, I love that. I actually didn't know that about your, um, journey towards Mr. Juice. Cause like, I feel like I would have been like, oh, well they're not on this list of stodge partners. I made that yeah. up. Um, <laughs> oh, they're not on this list. So I guess I'll just, I'll just like kind of stay in this box. Totally cool. Mm-hmm. And you were like, nah, like I, this is what I want. And this is what I want to get out of it again, back to mm-hmm. you identifying your goals and what the environment that you wanted to be in and you, mm-hmm. you know, demanded more for yourself. And I, man, that's so neat. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, maybe my experience would have, or definitely would have been so different if I wasn't there. And, um, it's just, it's such a cool place just to, to externship at. And, I think like, you know, looking back, like, I'm so glad that I pushed myself to do that. And I, I think that also comes with uh, confidence, like, co- like confidence mm-hmm. is really connected to self-advocacy, but also it's like, how do you build your confidence, right? Like 
some people are just bored with it. <laughs> They'll say yeah. like, you know, uh, they just like, they have that. And like other people have to kind of really fight for that. And I think I've been, I'm one of those people that have to really like check in with myself and be like, you know, you have to do this for yourself. Otherwise you're not going to get the, the most out of this experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you very much follow the, um, you know, you have one life to live, like live, live it up kind of deal, which is, and I like that. Cause it's like, you're, and I, I, I am too. It's so your framework becomes, will this make sure that I'm living my life to its fullest, you know, and will me not doing it, not let me do that. And I, you know, we, we all do just have the, the old one life. So I think it is, you know, really important to, to think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say, definitely didn't do that my entire life but like as I've gotten older and like I've really pushed myself to do that and it served me well so far (laughs) yeah and I think it has and I so age definitely has something to do with it I can say that for myself too but is there anything else that you can like draw from that was like oh I gotta do that more and then you know then you started practicing it into habits yeah I will say like um just like building my confidence and like that comes through so many different things. Like for me personally, it comes through like meditation. It comes through affirmations. It comes through um, just journaling and like reading and just like being more in tune with myself and mm-hmm. like a spiritual place. And that's really helped me, like especially the last couple of years. Cause I wasn't always in that same headspace. Like, especially when I lived in New York, it was just like, go, go, go. Like there's no time for anything, like constantly busy. Like you're never just kind of sitting with yourself. And as I've gotten older, I've, I've done that more and that's really helped build my confidence. And I think when you start to build your confidence, it's something I work on all the time um, and will continue to work on for the rest of my life. But like that really helps you feel better about yourself. And that's going to help you with your own self-advocacy too, whether it's at work or just other places of your life, like you said, relationships or, you know, with your hobbies or your passions or your side hustle, like whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that made me think of relationships too. I think one of my Mm -hmm. big things was like, I definitely had a string of of some failed relationships and Mm -hmm. it was like, well, the thing where I make sure that the other person's happy the whole time is clearly not mm-hmm. working because something mm-hmm. didn't stick. And so yeah. then realizing I've got to start with me being happy. And then I have to be confident enough to ask my potential partner, yo, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. Um, and not being afraid that if they were like, oh, cool, that's like not what I'm can give not being afraid and just saying it anyway, knowing that the outcome Mm -hmm. is going to be what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's amazing what a few heartbreaks can do for your journey. I'm with you there. And what I love (laughs) about what you just said is like, it's you being your authentic self, right. And like the more you can be your authentic self, like the happier you're going to be. And also you're going to attract that same person when you're ready for that. Person. Yes. Yeah. Um, my, one of my first life coach, I was like 22 or something. And she was like, yeah, you'll meet him. He's just not ready to meet you yet. And what she <laughs> meant by that is like, 
you both have to be on your journey and like be ready to yep. give and receive the same exact things. And, you know, people are just on different, you know, different wavelengths until boom, there we are. Yeah, that's so true. And it's like, you know, you've gone through so much in your life and like, you know, your partner has too. And it's like, it's, it's amazing. Cause like at that one moment, it was like, okay, you're meant to meet and you both have experienced enough at that point where you're like, okay, this is going to be the relationship that works. And it's yeah, cool to like, think about that. It is. I feel like, uh, you know, looking in the rear view mirror, I'm like, nailed it. You know, didn't feel like I was nailing it at the time, but I was like, you did nail it. <laughs> yeah. I'm here. I'm doing great. And I guess with all this self-advocacy and thinking about all the things that you do outside of work, I mean, I love it, man. Like, I don't think anyone should be defining themselves through just what they do at work. That, that just feels like a bummer to me, unless you do something really, 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 really fun. And you're just checking all the boxes, but I just don't know. I don't know how realistic that is, or I haven't found it, but, um, I play with this idea a lot around, you know, the fear of like fear of success and fear of giving yourself too much. Um, I think like for me, it's, you know, Oh, doing really great in the career and found a really healthy uh, partner and I've got this podcast, you know, and just things. And I can list them and I'm so proud of them. And I'm totally freaked out that like there, I have so much abundance in my life and it Mm -hmm. makes me like not want more abundance Mm -hmm. naturally. If I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Um, and that this is not like a today me, this is like an always me. And I wonder if you ever go through those feelings, um, you know, because you have had so many rich things and, and, allow yourself to give yourself more, like what's your, Mm -hmm. what is your brain doing to keep opening up that intake of abundance instead of going, Oh, this is too much. This is too scary. Yeah, man. That's, that's all all like so much. And like, I, I think like it's such a great topic to discuss because like, you know, at some point it's also like, do you feel like you're also like spreading yourself too thin? Like, could you really like focus on this one thing and like do you deserve to kind of move on and go to the next thing and like the answer is definitely yes right like you do deserve (laughs) it it's just like it's like how do you tell yourself that um Mm -hmm. you know constantly um and allow yourself to do that and I I think like for me personally like after I finished culinary school I was like okay well I'm I'm done like you know that's kind of my hobby like that's my thing like that's Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna cook I'm just gonna do pop-ups and like let's just call it what it is and like I think knowing myself, like I love to learn. Um, I saw health coaching school and I was like, oh my God, you can't go back to school now again. <laughs> like you've already been there. Like, do you, like, should you even take time away from, from work or some of the other things? And um, like, I was starting like a new relationship at that point. And it's like, you know, you really have to put your energy into it. Um, and I think like, that's just it, right? Like you put your energy into the things that you want to put your energy into and you can really find the time um to do it and because it is going to take a lot of your time but like you have to know that like it is an investment in yourself and Mm -hmm. you do deserve it and like I think a lot of it comes from like just telling yourself that right like mentally and then like 
you mentally constantly, you constantly say it, you constantly hear it and you also start to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel like, um, learning for you is like Moana and like your Moana and the ocean is learning. I love that. (laughs) And it just keeps calling you. I just was like talking about the Moana song last night. So if no one's following, just play that song. You'll be great. But yeah, I love so that you're movie. Just, yeah. So you're just like being called to learn more and yeah, fill and up that old that brain. Yeah. And I think it's also like, you know, I love sharing knowledge with other people. And like I love being able to like hopefully make a positive impact on people. Like that's something that's really important to me. Um, and being able to like utilize my skills in a way that help people and um, that's what we've been through. Like I did a pop-up with, um, Kyle, who, you know, who she mm. used to work at Compass and, um, we did a charity event for this company called Sankara. And it's crazy. Cause like in India, there are a lot of, um, unfortunate people who, um, have a disease where they are blind and it's reversible. If you have the right doctors in place and Sankara is a really awesome charity that helps fund doctors to help do this surgery in India. And so we did a dining in the dark event. Oh, uh, I remember hearing about this. Yes. It was so much fun. And it's like, it's little things like that. Like I love being able to like use my skills that I've learned to be able to like positively impact people. And especially in a place where like, it's a reversible like surgery where people can actually see again. And like this foundation was awesome. And so it was, it was cool to do like a dining in the dark experience and like I would never would have been able to do that if I didn't go to culinary school. Yeah, that's great. It, it, it's like giving yourself permission to have and do all these things because you can see the fruits of the impact mm-hmm. um, and you can see the, you know, the moments it's creating and the, you know, like the communities you're building around you. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I think that's exactly it. Like being able to directly see that impact. Yeah, that's great. Um, I Yeah, I didn't realize that that was for a cause. And I was just picturing how awkward I would be trying to eat in the dark. And <laughs> I just ate pho in not in the dark the other day. And I was like, I'm a messy, terrible monster right now. Just like pho everywhere. So it's so, like one of my favorite soups. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I feel like it's, when it's like really good, it's, it's hard not to be messy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I want, I'm going to ask you my hot tamale questions in a second, but is there anything else okay. that you want to share with me about, you know, the importance of advocating for yourself and, um, you know, giving yourself as much as humanly possible in this life? I think like one of the things that I try to now remind myself of is like when you're going to a meeting or you're going to an event or whatever it is, like a a class or something, like show up like you're meant to be there and like really Mm. feel that and like have that confidence because that does change the energy around you, right? Like if you kind of half-ass something like you're, I don't know if I can cuss on this. I'm so sorry. Oh man. <laughs> the F-bombs, the F-bombs that have happened on this place. You're great. <laughs> okay. Yes. But I, 
I think it's like, you know, if you show up like you're meant to be there, like you're going to feel that and like, it's going to change your perception and it's going to make it so much better. And I have really been challenging myself to do that. And like, that's really helped me with like my own self-advocacy as well, because you have to like, yes, you have to advocate for yourself. You also have to like challenge yourself yourself. And I think, you know, reminding myself, like show up like you're meant to be there gives me that confidence. Yeah. And Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that. That was beautifully executed as they say. I was like, wow, that's a great answer. (laughs) Um, yeah, I love that. And it's, it's back to the confidence, right? Like it's, um, building that, that feeling, even before you actually may have it could be, Mm -hmm. you know, thrown on your favorite shirt to a meeting or whatever it is, but just making sure that you feel like, and you know that you belong mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wow. That's great. That's great. And then I wonder, I'd love for you to share. Um, I actually didn't know that you were first generation. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I knew obviously that you were um, a child of Indian parents, but I would love to know how how this journey comes into play by being a child of people who moved here and your father pretty late in his life. Um, Mm -hmm. and like what you've learned from, from their experience and how that's like applied to, um, advocating yourself and what you, you saw maybe them do. Yeah. I have so much respect for anyone who's like immigrated from a different country moved here with like nothing to create like a life. Like I, I think about it and I'm like, wow, like my dad left his entire family had no family here at all and just kind of built this like amazing life for him and like it's also kind of insane like my parents have both worked at their jobs for like 30 plus years like wow found a company and like that's it and like my mom's worked in like the hospital system and like um it's really amazing because like even when we were younger like my my dad would go to work during the day um my dad is an engineer and um, he works at Fresenius, which is a medical company. He helps design kidney dialysis machines. And so wow. he, um, he invented the owl uh, machine and he loves what he does. And so like, he worked a lot like during the day. And then um, my mom, in order to be with us during the day while my dad was at work and be able to like do all the school things and like be in PTA, worked a graveyard shift. And so we always had like a parent around and I feel like they've sacrifice so much for me and my sister which really helps us too to be like okay if your parents did all of this for you like I mean advocate for yourself like take advantage Mm -hmm. of that learn from like how they did it and like they did it with nothing and like we're so lucky and blessed that they built this life for us and so for me it's more like okay how do I give that back to my parents and for my parents it's like we want you to live a happy life, right? Like we want you to find success in what you do. And I, I constantly go to them for like so many things like advice and just like listening to like their journey. And I think that's really helped me along the path because I want to be better for them. Wow. They're lucky to have you. (laughs) And it sounds like you're lucky to have them. Like, I can't imagine like you and I talk about the challenges with like, like our personal challenges with advocacy um, you know, and we're both, um, educated women, um, mm-hmm. you know, 
And, and then there, but there's just multiple layers, you know, and multiple, Mm -hmm. you know, privileges and biases that come up and like, you know, your parents, you know, thinking about like, um, you know, just language and culture differences and, and going through all of that. And so, yeah, for you to, you know, grow up going, okay, they really had to advocate for themselves. I think I can, you know, ask for more project visibility at work or whatever it is. Totally. Yeah. 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 I, and I like, like what they had to advocate for is probably, uh, I mean, it's all hard, but I mean, that's a struggle, but, um, and, and a lot of people do it. And so I, I, I love hearing like people's journey of how they got here and like the life they built. And like, I think that's, what's really cool about this. It's like, you really can't like recreate your own life here. Yeah. And keep creating it, which is what you're doing. Like yeah. you could have very easily been like, I'm the gal that crushes it in sales. And you are that gal and you're a million <laughs> other things, which is, you know, that's, that's, what's cool. It's like, we're creating a life, but it just keeps, it keeps iterating. Totally. And it will continue to do that. Yeah. And it should. <laughs> and it should. Okay. <laughs> Let's ask some, let's do some hot tamale questions. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Me too. Um, eat your heart out, Brene Brown. I, you have your whatever rapid fires. Mine are called hot tamales. They're just so much more superior. I don't know. I totally love you, Brene. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, a gender. What does bliss mean to you? Bliss means joy to me, like just pure joy. Yes. Um, no wrong answer, but I do agree with that. So I said, yes. Um, <laughs> how do you channel confidence? Ooh, um, for me, it's really like, what you, I like the little thing that you said earlier. It's like putting on a shirt that makes you feel good. Right. It's like maybe cooking your favorite meal or like, taking your supplements any day, like things that make you feel good. Um, that, and along with like meditation, like that really just helps ground me and it helps center me and I can feel off when I don't meditate. And so for me, like, I, I know if I want to feel confident, like just sit with myself and like hear my thoughts. Um, you've mentioned meditation a couple of times and I, I forget how friggin' amazing it is. What's your go-to meditation spot? Or like, um, you have an app you like or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I actually have a meditation chair in my house and yes. I love it. It's from Target, Target. Mm. Um, oh, yes, Target. It, it, <laughs> Target. It's um, a patio chair. And it's freaking awesome. And like, um, I, I just, I sit in it and it's just a great place to be able to like have a spot to be able to go to um, that helps feel like that meditation. Um, I use core, which is like my sister actually got this for me. It's pretty cool. It's, um, there's an app associated with it, but it's around like small little like ball that you put your thumbs on that has sensors and actually shoots like vibrations into, Whoa. um, and like pulses. And so you can do breathing exercises. Um, you can follow along to like guided meditations, but I love it because the pulses actually help you focus. Yeah. More. I bet. And so I use that on a regular basis when I'm doing meditations. And sometimes when I'm doing like a longer meditation, um, I'll just sit, um, sit with like earplugs on. So I have like 
completely silence around me. Wow. I, yeah, I got to check this, this core business out. I, um, I, I meditate a bit less than I should. Um, and I think, and I get so gosh darn distracted, which I think is like everyone's number one complaint, but I feel like the, the pulses would be excellent. Um, yeah. It's really helped me a lot. I bet. Yeah. My, um, I really like, um, the 10% app happier app, 10% oh, happier. Yeah. And, um, they just have some great folks on there and it also has, so they have the app and then they have a podcast and, um, they really nerd out on mindfulness from different angles. So they talk about, um, you know, like anxiety and how, you know, like how fighting it does, you no good or whatever it is. And so there's right. like a, a lot of like science and talking to really smart people about, um, about mindfulness. So it doesn't, it's not like you're sitting, talking about sitting in a chair, meditating. Yeah. It's like your whole body and how, and your brain and how they work together. And Oh, by the way, be mindful. And then they have their, their stuff. I got to look into that again, because like Mm -hmm. through health coaching, we talk a lot about mindfulness and, um, you like the lens of food. Yeah. Um, and it gets like really specific. Like when you talk to clients about it, cause you're like, you really want them to focus on like the food they're eating. Like, are they actually chewing? Are they experiencing it? Like, where'd your food come from? And like, kind of stuff is awesome. So I, I need to like go back and look into that. Cause like, I feel Wait. like a few clients would really dig that. Wait, you're telling me you're supposed to actually chew your food. <laughs> I'm such an inhaler. It's so bad. Oh. Crazy digestion starts with chewing your food. Cause it oh. adds like enzymes to it. I know I'm, oh my gosh. I'm guilty of just like starting down my <laughs> like, food too. <laughs> uh, um, that's amazing. I also love the Target patio chair. Um, we'll drop a link in my really famous Bliss Smith. I don't know what I have a website. I love it. I don't even, my <laughs> website, it's not real Instagram. Anyway, we're not dropping <laughs> links, but just go to Target and find a chair. Go to Target. Get yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Next, next cue is when shit gets rough, what's the first thing you try to remember? Oh man, that's a hard question. I think knowing that it's going to pass at some point, um, you know, and stuff's always going to be rough and like, that's just life itself. And like, you have to just kind of go with it and like, really like, I don't know, sit with it a while, but I just kind of telling myself, like, if it's a feeling of like sadness or if it's a feeling of like being angry or like, whatever it is, like, feel that now and then know that it's going to eventually pass. That's a good one. Yeah. You got to feel it. Cause I know a lot. I <clears throat> try not to feel and just stuff it right on down and it's, it's going to come mm-hmm. out and usually it comes out 10 X as strong <laughs> when I, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> just blows up after. <laughs> right. So if I just let it feel it when it happens, like it's just a lot more manageable. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah. I call it the incredible Hulk. <laughs> I call it the Medusa. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. So you have a name for it. Okay. You get it. We get it. Um, We're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And then the number one way you take care of your mental health. I think I know what it is based on what we've been talking about. 
totally meditation absolutely um that and also just like being out in nature I feel like has been really really awesome during like the pandemic like the fact that we need to work from home like you can take like an afternoon walk and like I mean like you could at the office too but um it's been really nice to just be able to like go on a walk and be outside and like also like gone to hiking and like never been a hiker before (laughs) like it's nice and like I think mentally it helps you just kind of reconnect with yourself and like ground yourself yeah yeah I agree there and there's on that podcast I learned that there is scientific evidence of you know what being around nature does to your Mm -hmm. brain and so like Mm -hmm. I try I don't try to go outside and literally just like inhale like good mother nature vibes, just like, yeah, you know, bring, take it all in and, you know, literally stop and smell the roses. Yeah. And you're, you're in like beautiful Seattle. Like it's, there's so many like cool, like hiking trails and like places to go. Like there's, it's just, it's so nice over there. It is. It's been so incredible to like learn this landscape and um, you know, there's a new flower that blooms every day in our neighborhood. And so you're just seeing all this turnover of just like these crazy colors. And you're like, you are so cool. Mother nature truly is. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, well, those were my hot tamales. Um, I love those questions. Thank you so much. Um, well, I'm so grateful that you spent your post nap Sunday evening with me post naps are hard to recover from they are hard to recover from but I was really excited for this like I I feel like I we talked about this even before you launched your podcast like a while like a long time ago and I was like she's just gonna be awesome like she, you're <laughs> gonna be so good at this and like it's cool that I get to like sit here with you and we get to just like chat about like fun topics and you know I enjoy your company so I'm I'm truly honored that I get to be on it me too I enjoy yours too and you are you know speaking of like you know mentorship you are such a positive like inspiration to others to like keep like demanding the most and the best and and just like doing good things and learning and so I love being in proximity to you Thank you. So sweet. And that hair girl. Blowout served me well. (laughs) Yes. See the blowout. Just bring that confidence. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. (laughs) You want confidence? Go get a blowout. (laughs) Go get a blowout. Um, Well, thank you so much. Happy Sunday Eve. I hope you go cook something pretty amazing. We're not like (laughs) treat yourself ordering a burger at, you know, whatever you want. That's funny. Actually, Eric just finished a burger that he ordered. <laughs> Yum. Yeah. I think I am going to cook something tonight. I, I love doing a nice like Sunday cooking night. <laughs> cooking is so, um, I, I guess not for everybody. For me, it's very meditative, which I'm certain it is Same. for you. Um, Definitely. And not as good as you are, but um, I did say yesterday, um, I want to get good as fuck at cooking. So I love that. So, <laughs> well, anytime you want to do a zoom class, oh, I got you. Yes, please. Oh man. We'll start with shrimp scampi, the eight-year-old agenda version. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> a lot of butter in that. One. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. We'll, we'll negotiate the butter amount. <laughs> <laughs>
I can't okay. wait. Okay. Happy Sunday. So much love. Bye. Thank you. Bye.